Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Athletic. Hi Reds, James Pearce here, just finishing up at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where it's finished Tottenham 2, Liverpool 1 on a highly dramatic and controversial night in the capital. Coming up, we'll bring you all the post-match reaction that you need. We'll hear the best bits from Jurgen Klopp's press conference. Tony Evans will drop by with his take. And we've got Liam Thumb from the Athletic Football Tactics podcast has also been here with me tonight and he'll provide his tactical perspective on all the action. So it's all over here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and Liverpool's 19-game unbeaten run in all competitions stretching back to April is over. A real mix of emotions coming away from here tonight because on the one hand, absolute heartbreak at conceding a 96th-minute winner to, to Tottenham who scarcely deserved it despite the fact that Liverpool found themselves down to to nine men for the last 20 minutes plus stoppage time. Um, Liverpool defended absolutely heroically. It was really, really cruel to emerge with nothing to show for their their troubles from from such a gutsy performance, um, but I also think you know amidst the the misery and the heartache of of losing, there's also an awful lot that bodes well for the season ahead because you know the resilience, the unity, the organisation, um, even even when they were two two men short was was incredible really you know putting bodies on the line, fighting and scrapping for each other. And I, I don't see why, as painful as this is, it should, you know, massively derail the resurgence we've seen already. Because um, there was a lot to admire. Um, yeah, what a what a crazy night! You know, starting off with you know what was a a pretty evenly matched first twenty five minutes with both teams kind of like posing the other issues. Both teams looking dangerous going forward and vulnerable at times, out of possession. And then of course everything comes to life really with Curtis Jones's is red card. Interestingly, VAR is recommending that the referee no, no, review this. No, I think he's gone to try and tackle the ball and step over it. There's not for me a red card, and he's probably going to get one. Not looking good. I've got some sympathy for him. I think it's on the one hand, yes, he's gone over the ball, but I think when you watch the replays back, the challenge on Basuma, you know, one is his other leg, his left leg actually slips and he loses his footing, so he actually stumbles into it. There's not, you know, a massive amount of force behind it, and it, and he kind of rolls over the top of the ball. It's not. There's no malicious intent there, and you know, I think, you know, we, we it was it was the, the worst. You know, probably the the most honest thing you can say about the officiating was this season wasn't even the worst of it tonight, but you know, for me. It, I didn't like the fact that when Simon Hooper was sent to look at the screen, 
what he was greeted with immediately, having initially given a yellow card, was a still image of Curtis Jones's studs catching Basuma's ankle. And that didn't sit right with me because, you know, as we know, everything can look worse with still images and especially with, with slow motion replays. And I thought, well, the referee should at least be shown the incident at full speed again to get you know, a proper grasp of, of what exactly had gone on. So um, I think once he'd, once he'd seen that still image first up, you know, I, I just think that made his, his mind up. So that, that didn't quite, quite sit right with me. Um, and then, you know, what followed was, you know, beggared belief. Uh, the Diaz disallowed goal, um, just absolutely crazy. You know, I, I, as, soon as, as soon as the flag went up, I thought, wow, that, that, that was tight because it was a lovely pass from Mohamed Salah, a great finish from the Colombian. And then when I saw the replay back, you thought, well, that's really, really tight. And, and you know, and if anything, I thought, well, he's actually onside. Um, and, and then I couldn't believe that Simon Hooper obviously then indicated to take the free kick for the offside and play on. And it was like, well, hang on a minute. These VAR decisions usually take, you know, two or three minutes to sort out. So it, it just didn't sit right. And then, of course, the silence was absolutely deafening from PGMOL until after the game when they held their hands up and admitted there'd been a significant human error. So that was that was an absolute shambles. And again, you know, another utter embarrassment for PGMOL. Um, Liverpool were then rocked, really, you know, a double setback on the back of that goal being chalked off and then um, Son firing them ahead from, from Richarlison's cross. But again, the resilience came to the fore, back, back level before the break. Uh, Gagpo with a, a fantastic finish from Van Dijk's nod down. Oslai clips it across, Van Dijk has stayed forward, so is Matip. It's Gagpo! And Liverpool on level! Um, but then the concern was that Gagpo had clearly hurt himself, done some damage to his knee. He goes off. Um, second half, I thought Liverpool defended so well down to 10 men. Jota obviously on in Gagpo's place. Uh, two huge saves from Alisson to deny Madison and Son. But to be fair, you know, I don't think Tottenham had a shot on target between about 58 minutes and 90-odd, and, and well into stoppage time when they tested Alisson again. And that was testament to just how well-drilled Liverpool were to, to keep them at bay. Of course, you know, that challenge got even more difficult when Diogo Jota got sent off. Um, on that one, I've got some sympathy with him for the first one. I know people have pounced on the fact that, that um, Udog, uh, Udogi had kind of appeared to trip himself up although I think when you look at the replay there was some contact with with Jota's knee that then probably knocked him off balance before he went down you know I still think that's a harsh yellow in those circumstances but having been booked what 90 seconds earlier the way that Jota threw himself into that second challenge was was ridiculous you know really reckless and then you've got the last 20 plus stoppage time with nine men and um it looked like they were probably going to hold out for what was a would have been a really really precious point it would have been it would have been one of those draws that feels like a victory um, and, and you thought they'd done it. You know, we were well into the sixth minute of the six added added in stoppage time and then a Porro low cross and poor old Joel Matip, you know, he, he had to try and deal with it. You know, it bobbled, it, it, it's come off his shin and flown into the top corner and, you know, you could see just how absolutely distraught the big man was because he didn't deserve that. Liverpool certainly didn't deserve that. You know, it was a nice touch, Alisson Becker racing to console him and Virgil van Dijk did the same after the final whistle because um, Matip didn't deserve to be on the losing side tonight and neither did any of Jurgen Klopp's players because, um, yeah, I think once the heartache dims a little bit from this one, you know, they'll, they should realise that this doesn't have to be a really damaging setback. 
Well, I was in there for Jurgen Klopp's press conference and I think in the circumstances, considering the controversy around this game, he was very measured and reserved with uh, his verdict on the big decisions. I think he certainly wasn't going to leave himself open to to an FA charge and, and another hefty fine. And he uh, it started off with him being asked about the, the Diaz goal that was that was wrongly disallowed for offside. I don't think there's anything to say about the offside goal. I knew it in, I knew it half-time. I, I, in the first moment, I thought it's clear on offside, but then it was offside. So I tried to think they have a better view. Half time, we knew um, with normal, normal pictures, uh, easy to see. No, but I'm pretty sure that whoever did that made that decision um, didn't do it on purpose. It didn't take extremely long to be to come to the conclusion. That's a bit strange, but that somebody else has to has to clarify that. I have nothing else to say about it. How can he? How can the ref explain the situation here? So the the linesman thought obviously it's worth watching, looking again, and that's why he raised the flag. Um, in a good old times, a, a, a linesman should have seen that as well. That this is no offside because you had these situations quite frequently, and when you see it back, it's pretty clear. It's pretty clear. Um, but again, nobody did it on purpose. So I cannot. Again, whatever I say here is just creates headlines but doesn't help the situation at all. So I'm not in that mood. Well, from there, the conversation moved on to what was a pretty heroic team performance in the circumstances. And Jurgen Klopp revealed that he told the players in the dressing room afterwards that he was super proud of, of what they delivered out there. And he said, I'd learned so much about my team tonight. Absolutely. Told the boys directly after the game, I'm super proud, super, super proud. Um, I think especially with 10 men, um, they were... Really good, really good. Did everything was was necessary, um, really well. And on top of that, we were really dangerous. We, we created still, so that that's good. Top for us. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Walk On, your dedicated Liverpool podcast from The Athletic. Well, Jürgen Klopp was also asked about that Curtis Jones red card and, and launched a pretty passionate defence of the academy graduate and talked about how there was absolutely no malicious intent in that challenge and, and how his foot had, had rolled over the top of the ball and, and caught him. And Jürgen Klopp also went on to defend his team's record because, of course, that's four red cards in in just seven Premier League games already this season. And when you put that into context, this Liverpool have traditionally been top of the, the fair play table under Jurgen Klopp. And he said, you know, we're certainly not a dirty team. We're not the team that, that kicks opponents or goes out of our way to do that. You know, we, we try to play football. And I think certainly when four red cards in seven games doesn't look good, does it? But I think, you know, when you factor in the fact that one of those was, was a Alexis McAllister red card that was that was then rescinded because that was a, a dreadful mistake from the referee on the day and that got overturned. And then, of course, Virgil van Dijk was an unfortunate one 
for that foul on uh, Alexander Isak up at St James's Park when um, you know that was that was for a professional foul rather than anything anything malicious. So uh, yeah, here's Jurgen Klopp on his size disciplinary record. Red card for Curtis. Probably everybody here in the room thinks it's a clear red card. I see that different, just because I played football and most of you probably didn't. It's full full power on the ball, rolls over the ball, and then hits the, the, the decisive part of the leg. Um, when you see it in, in, in slow motion, it looks horrendous. Well, I think when you see it in real time, it's 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 not even close to be that bad. So, but there's a red card, so. But Curtis didn't do it, and not even close to on purpose. So for me, it's really important that nobody starts thinking oh, we have so many red cards, so we are a, a, a kicking team. Yeah, no, we don't. So the, the first red card from Alexis was not a red card. We had to play already with six, I don't know how long, without with ten men. Second is for a normal foul, I would say. Uh, third is now for that situation. So, and the fourth. I will never understand how many games can you remember? 11 v 9? Uh, do you watch? I watch a lot of football. It just doesn't happen that often. And we are not, we were not in the game and, and we're kicking Tottenham players. We are trying to play football. We defend it, yes. But the two situations, the first, I think, is clear not uh, yellow. Yeah, and the second, then I, I didn't see actually back, but it's not important. But if the second first no yellow, then it's the second the yellow maybe, and then it's still we still play with a uh, with ten men. So that made all, everything difficult. But the boys made really the most of it. it. Was incredible mentality we showed. It was second to none. Never saw something like that. That's top, top, top. And now people might think because of this um, very, very unlucky. <laughs> oh my God. Um, that we didn't get anything out of the game, I see that differently. I think um, I learned so much about my team, much more than we would have won here and in the middle of a bad performance. It was a really outstanding performance in a specific way. We didn't get any points of it, but we will use it anyway. That's the plan. Well, it was actually during Klopp's press conference that the PGOML statement finally landed. I'm not sure why they needed a couple of hours to, to hold their hands up to what was what was a blatant mistake and eventually it came with that wording that they'd, there'd been a significant human error. It was, it was Darren England on VAR today. The PGOMOL described it as a clear and obvious factual error and as, as, as guaranteed there'd be a full review into why VAR didn't step in and overrule what was clearly a mistake by the assistant at the time in terms of flagging Luis Diaz offside and Jurgen Klopp was asked for his reaction to that PGMOL statement and he talked about it he said, you know, the reality is it doesn't change anything. We won't get the points. And he also went on to talk about his frustration at some of the other decisions tonight, not least um, when Mohamed Salah picked up a, a very harsh booking when he was penalised for you know, what was an incredibly soft foul when that, that, that halted another promising Liverpool counter-attack. Who does that help now? We had that situation in the Man United game. Did Wolves get points for it? No. Oh, we, will, we will not get points for it, so it doesn't help. I think the, the, what everybody wants that nobody expects 100% right decisions on field. But I think we all thought when VR comes in, it might make things easier. I don't know why the people in the VR are, are they that much under pressure. Today the decision was made really quick, I would say, for that goal. Huh? Um, 
it changed the momentum of the game. So that's how it is. We scored that goal. It was top, 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 outstandingly well played. In a game where you don't get a lot to feel better. So and then boop, you know, that that's a super important information. That's how we can hurt them. That's how we can beat them. Stuff like this. So it was uh, super difficult. But the boys dealt extremely well with it. The killer of the game was the second, the second red card. And a lot of other decisions. The ball Mosala wins back on the, on the other side. I will never understand how you can how you make a foul of that. That's football. It's fantastic, high press, stuff like this. Player goes down, yeah. Oh. We went down against Leicester. Nobody whistled and they, caught, and they scored a goal. Um, so these situations, too many of them, where you think, it's football. Why would you do these kind of things? And um, it, it, I know it's really difficult for the referees in a lot of moments. Um, I don't. I think nobody should blame the ref for the offside goal. That's absolutely not his fault. Eh? So, but for a lot of other things, he's not out of responsibility. I would say. But that's it now. Um, how I said, we didn't get a point. I think that would have been that what we would have deserved. Didn't get that. Um, but I got a lot out of that game, and I will. I will help the boys to feel that as well and, and to go from here. And then the final topic, a note from Klotz's press conference tonight, was uh, concern around the fitness of Cody Gagpo. Of course, went off at, at half-time having, having scored and Jurgen Klopp described that as actually his biggest problem tonight. He said, you know, forget the result, forget those two red cards. He said, you know, my biggest concern is the fact that, that Cody Gagpo is in, is in a knee brace and I saw him briefly... Um, as he was, he was leaving the Tot- Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, and uh, yeah, there's there's obviously uh, a fair degree of worry there. He'll have a scan to, to ter- determine the extent of that that knee problem. Um, I think if if Diotta hadn't got sent off, we would have seen a cameo from Darwin Nunes tonight. But Klopp also earlier on in the day had explained that that Nunes hadn't been able to train fully on Friday because he had a small issue with his knee. So um, you know it's absolutely crucial that uh, if if Gagpo is facing a spell on the sidelines, which is the concern that uh, that Liverpool keep keep Darwin Nunes fit. So uh, yeah, here's Klopp on Gagpo. Biggest problem of the game, to be honest, and that's the next one. <laughs> Before Cody Gakpo scored, did he get a yellow card for that foul? The guy who fouled Cody before he scored, we get a free kick, ball in, then he scores. He got injured and he is now with a brace limping down the corridor. So that's my biggest problem, to be honest, in this moment. So we lost two and maybe the third player. Really bad, really bad. Um, So, yes, that's something we have to deal with, obviously. For the latest subscription offers, head to theathletic.com forward slash Liverpool pod. This is Tony Evans. I'm just leaving White Hart Lane after a deeply disappointing night and a deeply disappointing result. Uh, Liverpool lost with a very, very, very late own goal from Joel Matip. And in many ways, you could say they were undone by their own Evans. Well, actually... Undone by the referee, to be honest. You know, Curtis Jones was sent off just after the 25 minute mark, obviously. And then, you know, Diogo Giotta, what he was doing, making a challenge when he was already on a yellow, I don't know. But you know what? 
the thing is, there were heroic performances all round as they held off a siege in the second half from Tottenham. And it looked, and that might have, have been superb in that siege. Right across the back line, all hands to the pump. They were wonderful. They looked as if they deeped out a point and then came the killer blow. And uh, at the end, you could see how much it hurt the players. You could see how much it hurt the team. You know, Nunes come over, was pointing to his live beard at the in the you know the away end, and he was like really giving up loads of fists. You know, well Liverpool will bounce back, and the away end was actually it was flat in the first half, but in the second half, like the defence, they rose to the occasion. It's disappointing to come up just short, but I'll tell you what, the tenacity and the fortitude of this team will stand them in good stead. Matip has, has to play at that ball. He has to. You know what? Lesser defenders let it go. Cowards let it go. But he played at it. And unfortunately, it went into the net. On a night that Liverpool needed heroes, they got plenty of them. Unfortunately, they come up just short. I'll tell you what, more often than not this season, they'll come out in front. Hi everyone, Liam Tharm here, tactics writer uh, for The Athletic, just to give my perspective on how things played out. It's obviously quite an emotional end to the game and it'd be very easy to, I think, look past what was quite a Liverpool performance, de- definitely defensively. Um, I think in 10 minutes in particular, and just heard Andrew Postacoglu um, saying post-match that you know Spurs weren't brilliant to 10 men. I thought Liverpool were, were fairly fantastic and uh, at nine men too, I thought they were really, really good. They're probably one of the best set teams in the world, if I'm honest, to play that way. They've got so much pace in the forward line and Luis Diaz. I thought most Salah looked excellent got him behind a few times and there's one great drop kick from Alisson in particular to him that released him and got them into the final third and on another day I think some of those counter-attacks come off better and, and they make more chances as well as just using that uh, as a release valve so I think Klopp will take a lot more positives than what maybe the, the result might suggest and it's a real real sucker punch at the end because they defended their box so well um, Virgil van Dijk and John Matip have been really really good of course Matip ends up scoring the own goal um, which gives Spurs the win but even when Ibrahim Akanate uh, came on and Trent Alexander-Arnold came on as well down the right-hand side because Joe Gomez had really, really struggled. I think that, that was the key part in the first half was Tottenham Hotspur's left side and Liverpool's right-hand side. Now, what was interesting looking at the starting eleven was Spurs lined up with Son Heung-min and Richarlison. Um, Son wears number seven, Richarlison wears number nine, but Richarlison was playing out on the left like a seven uh, and Son was playing up top like a number nine. Um, so Son really wasn't much involved in possession, stood high often in an offside position, just trying to pin that Liverpool backline deep and, and make space for Madison and the central midfielders to, to to be more creative. And there were a couple of times where Richarlison got in behind um, Joe Gomez and, and played cutbacks. The first one leads to the goal um, for, for 1-0 and the second happens fairly early into the second half, but Richarlison is, is way offside. So, um, I think there's work to be done there defensively and sort of shoring that up. I'm not sure where Liverpool can go personnel-wise because I think Gomez is probably a better defender than Trent Alexander-Arnold. Um, and of course, his positional problems have been, I think, sort of well well recounted before. But I, I think it's it's really unfair to look past this as actually quite a good defensive Liverpool performance. Spurs had, I believe, it's 29 crosses and were only successful with two, which is, is really quite telling. It's really the sort of game where Last season, they would have benefited from having Harry Kane to hopefully score a headed goal or, or be a real threat in the penalty area. But um, even the subs that Postacoglu brought on, I think, weren't necessarily the, the most attacking. He brought on the Academy player for their debut. Um, and it was a really, really, really entertaining game. It was quite basketball-y to, towards the end as there were 
transition sort of going um, going on both sides. But I think Liverpool more than held their own. It's you know I won't go into the, the nuances of the red card decisions and the bookings because I think that's not that's not really what I cover when um, I look at things a little bit more tactically. But the switch from uh, the four two three one and the real high press early on, which I thought worked fairly well, and the man marking in central midfield to switch to four four one and put Salah up top as the number nine and move Gekko out on the right. And then, of course, bringing on Diogo Jota at half-time and to be so quickly sent off and then switch back to a 5-3-2. So, I think Liverpool fairly responded to, to the problems that, that Spurs posed them. The bit they did probably struggle with was how they defended the, the full-back, particularly on the left, and Destiny and Doggy coming inside and having to mark him. I think that was the big issue, really, with Joe Gomez's positioning and that at times he didn't know whether to sort of stay wide and, and defend Richarlison. And if he did stay too wide, it opened up that pass inside of him. And if he did go too tight to a doggy, well, he'd leave Richarlison in acres of space. So, no, I thought Liverpool more than held their own. This is, I appreciate, a recurring theme now in terms of uh, conceding the first goal in games and now in terms of going down to, to 10 men or, or 9 men. But um, it felt very similar as a as a flow, a pattern to the Newcastle second half, of course. Darwin Nunes, who wasn't available today, uh, came off the bench there and, and scored twice. And the patterns were very similar. It was just a case that Liverpool didn't take their chances in this one, um, but were by no means outplayed or outperformed. And in, in terms of the execution of the game plan, um, I think they were really, really good. So there's definitely positives to take from that. Obviously, the big downside being they're now going to be without players. Now to Curtis Jones and Diego Jota for, for at least the next game. And who knows how long for Curtis Jones, depending on what the punishment is for him. So that's it from us here. For plenty more match reaction, check out The Athletic. I'll be back alongside Tony Evans and the rest of the team for Wednesday's Walk On Park podcast. Thanks for joining me. I'm now just about to embark on the long journey back from, from London to Merseyside, desperately hoping that I can catch a KFC that's still open along the way. We'll see you soon. The Athletic.